listening to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. I'm going to pray for us, but if you've got a Bible, um, what this it looks well, mine looks like this. But if you've got a Bible, um, can I encourage you just to have it to hand? Um, we're going to be having a look in the Book of Romans today. Um, and um, it will help us just to follow with what um, I'm speaking about. And I think also the value of also kind of sharing the Bible, using the Bible together as well, is that it can help us to, if we're not familiar with the Bible that much, um, it can help us to find um, our way around the Bible together. So, um, yeah, it's always really helpful just to be able to um, find a passage uh, in the Bible and um, and then uh, be familiar with where it is. And also just reading the words together can be really helpful to kind of... Um, cement it into our thinking as well so um yeah we're going to be looking at a book in the new testament uh well a particular passage within the, a book in the new testament and it's called the book of romans so you can open that at chapter one um, i'm going to pray for us uh, and then we will uh, get cracking yeah father thank you for this day thank you that it is a day that you have made and when we when we take time to just ref- to see the beauty and the um, extravagance of your creation. Uh, we see around us the uh, incredible complexity of living, of life and living things. Uh, it, it turns my mind to see the majesty and the beauty and the extravagant of, extravagance of you, Father God, the creator of all things. And uh, Lord, so much begins to flow and tumble out of that experience as we start to look at you and uh, through what you have made. And we thank you for the beautifulness of your creation and what that tells us about you, Father, and what that tells us about ourselves as well. Um, so, God, I pray as we open this together and as we look at what it means to be worshippers today, I pray that uh, you would help us to uh, get a clearer understanding, a real wisdom understanding of how you've made us and what you've made us for. I pray this in your wonderful son, Jesus's name. Amen. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, just a bit of um, humanity for dummies. Have you ever seen those books, uh, Computer for Dummy, Computers for Dummies, or um, uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of them, isn't there, nowadays, um, and, you know, how to do different things for people that don't have a great deal of knowledge. And for all of our uh, amazing um, kind of uh, experiences and intellect and, and so on, um, we can sometimes be quite kind of um, uh, not not always tuned in to actually some of the real basic fundamentals of what it means to be human. And, and that's why I think we can sometimes see so much sadness and um, so much um, evil in our world. And um, so humanity for dummies. OK, this is my little contribution. Um, we are created beings. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't just kind of imagine ourselves into being. We exist because someone else created us. And one of the things that we uh, basically, one of the most essential things we can see about ourselves that kind of give us a hint about this is that we can't sustain ourselves. Um, We rely on things outside of us in order to survive. Um, just look around all the room, or look around everybody else in, in, in the Zoom rooms on your screen and ask yourself, is anyone out there not breathing this morning? I think most of you look like you are breathing. Um, and that's good news. Um, 
you are taking in oxygen. Um, you are breathing in something that is outside of you in order to exist, to live, to survive. We, we've, we, we have had some breakfast, we've had something to drink this morning, and we need food, we need water. And we need, as physical beings, we need something from outside of ourselves in order to survive. And the same is true for us as emotional beings as well. Dave, I saw you interrupted you halfway through what you were saying before about the importance for mental health, of your emotional and mental well-being, you need connection, human relationship. The ability to actually relate to people physically is part of our makeup, isn't it? It's part of how we're designed and made that we need to these connections and these uh, ability, you know, this, these things that are outside of us to help us to live and exist and flourish and live well. And of course, not just emotionally, but spiritually as well. We need to connect well with what is good for us in order to live well. Um, I um, have been, as you know, um, getting into my gardening over the last uh, few weeks and months. Um, and uh, so lots of my illustrations now, I'm afraid, are coming from my garden. Um, but one of the things that I have observed about plants is that they have uh, roots that go into the ground and they have leaves that come above the ground. And these are part of the, uh, the, 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 the mechanism that, that helps them to tap into the nourishment that they need to grow and be healthy. And so the roots go in to get the nutrients out of the soil and the leaves come out to receive the nutrients from the air and from the sunlight. And that allows them to just flourish and grow and be healthy. And I want us to have, I'm going to be doing a mini series over the next few weeks, looking at the subject of worship. It's something that we have not talked about for a little while in our life as a church. And, and I want to, us to think about worship like the root system that plants have or like the leaf system that plants have that allow us to tap into to draw on the nutrients um, that do us good spiritually and uh, we we all have I, 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 if you look at your feet you may not you might have really attractive feet or you might have really unattractive feet but they're not your roots okay they might be the things you stand on but they're not the roots of your soul Worship are like the roots of our soul. And we all worship, every human being on the planet worships. It's what we do. Um, and it's by worshipping that we draw on the emotional and spiritual nutrients that our soul is thirsty and hungry for. And, uh, <clears throat> and so that's kind of the way I want us to think about worship as we kind of dig into this subject for a little while. Um, I don't know if you remember back in 2009, um, the Black Eyed Peas produced, produced a song, What's Wrong With The World? Um, Mama, I think was the uh, opening, one of the opening lines. Um, and um, and uh, was it, what was it, uh, what was it also known as? Where Is The Love, I think was the, uh, was the head headline of the song. And it doesn't take a lot of nows, does it, uh, to know that um, what we eat or what we drink or what we breathe in is going to have an impact on us for good or for bad. Um, and, uh, you know, some things we take into ourselves are going to nourish us well and do us good. And other things we take into ourselves are actually going to do us bad. They could potentially even kill us. 
Um, I think we've had one of the lessons, the takeaway lessons from our lockdown experience has been don't drink bleach um, because it will kill you. And um, despite what people might say, um, and I love last week in our um, uh, communion time last week, Josh uh, helped us, Josh Woolley helped us by reminding us that we are what we eat because what we take into ourselves becomes part of us. It, 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 it becomes part of our body. Um, we talk about that emotionally, don't we? We talk about um, toxic relationships. Relationships can be things that do us good or do us bad. And so answering that question, what's wrong with the world? Um, it's, it's, to not, it's not what comes out of us um, that's, that is the cause or the source of what's wrong with us. It's what comes in um, that has, has that kind of shaping or defining impact. Um, and I want us to have a look at what Romans chapter one has to say about what is wrong with the world. So let's have a look. If you've got your Bibles, let's open the Bible, our Bibles at the book of Romans and let's read. Uh, I'm going to read to us from verse 18. Now I'm reading in um, a, um, a, a, a version of the Bible called the uh, English Standard Version, ESV, and it might be a little bit different to the one that you've got um, which, uh, you, yeah, you, whichever version of the Bible you have, but it's, it's reading the same passage, the wording might just be a little bit different to what you're reading, but um, just bear with me. So, but let's read together from verse 18. It says this, um, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For by his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are out for, without excuse. What Paul is saying here is that God, the evidence for God's existence is clear. It is there to be seen. It is on show. It's undeniable if we only have the eyes to see that God is the creator of this world. We can see his eternal power and his divine nature displayed to us just by looking around us in the world around us. If we just care to look. But there's something of an ungodly character, an unrighteous character within us called sin that suppresses that truth, that denies it, that ignores it and hides it. And refuses to acknowledge it and so God is Paul is saying that humanity is without excuse when it comes to God bringing his judgment upon us actually uh, the, we're without excuse because God has made it plain to us he's not been hiding himself from us as we look at this world but then he goes on to say why is it that we're without excuse it says verse 21 for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. What this next couple of verses is explaining is that as human beings, this is describing what we've done in our worship. Because it says instead of honouring God and giving thanks to him, we turned our worship to created things, to idols, things made by our hands, 
rather than and created things rather than worshipping the creator. So at the root of the human problem, what's wrong with this world, at the root of that, is the issue of worship. Instead of honouring and giving thanks to God for who he is, we've turned our worship onto created things rather than onto God. And then it goes on, it says this, Therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonouring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth, of, of, the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. It's incredible the language that Paul uses here, because he's saying that what we've done is we've turned this, the longing of our soul to enjoy God, and we've turned it onto creative things. And, and our worship has become, instead of loving God, our worship has become lasting after earthly things. And it's, it's an interesting thing where he describes it, describing the roots of our soul has gone searching for nutrients, but in a contaminated way. It's gone looking willfully to anything other than God to satisfy us and to, to give us the, the, the life that we want. Do you see how this worship, this theme of worship is right at the heart of what is wrong with the world? The rest of this passage, and I'm going to read it, it's not comfortable reading if I'm honest with you, but the rest of this passage just explains what has happened as a result of us turning our worship away from the creator onto created things. And let's read this together. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relationships with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. For though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. It's really uncomfortable reading, isn't it? But it is a description, isn't it, of our world, very often of our society. And, and if we're really honest, we see these things in our own lives, in our own hearts as well. And so we see that what is wrong with the world is the Bible's answer, God's answer to this problem. See, in, in, in uh, the Black Eyed Peas song, song, they say that what's wrong with the world is we need to love each other more. That's what's wrong with the world. Well, that's a fruit of what's wrong and what's right. Our hatred towards one another or our love for one another actually flows out of actually the most important bit, which is our love for God. And if we're not drawing on God and loving and worshipping him, then everything else will go wrong. And so this is what Paul is explaining here in this passage. And he's saying that, you know, our, the, the, the worship is an instinctive thing. It's something that we just do. 
It's like breathing. We're, we're worshipping all of the time. We're constantly, continually worshipping, consciously and subconsciously. The roots of our soul are constantly reaching out for nourishment. We're seeking joy. That, and, and the joy of that satisfaction is found in, in some substance that we are, are pursuing in our lives. So the question isn't really, uh, you know, why should we worship? As if it's something that we um, need to remind ourselves to do. The question really is actually, what are we worshipping? What are we worshipping right now? What are we worshipping yesterday? What are we worshipping tomorrow? What are we looking forward? What are we worshipping later on? Because actually we worship instinctively. We just, we are worshippers. We just worship. And the question is, is not, you know, should, do you think we, should, should we worship today? Should we, should we worship? No, the, the, the fact is we will worship. We will always be worshipping. But the question is, what, what do we turn? What is, our roots are always searching for life. They're always pursuing. Ian said to us last week that as human beings, we're made to know meaning and purpose. And, and, uh, and that's a kind of an expression of our worship. We, we go searching for this stuff. But where do we go? And Paul says that the problem has come about in, in human culture and humanity when we turned away from God and went worshipping created things rather than the creator. And, and so the question really for us is, where, where, where are we putting our uh, soul's desires? Where is it that we are going to, to find life, to find joy, to find nutrients, to find that satisfaction of life. And for all, it says verse 21, for all they, for, even though they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks to him. And he's saying we misdirect, when we misdirect our worship, when our, our, our worship is directed to things other than God, we run into trouble. And so John Piper Famously, he's a, John Piper is an American uh, preacher and theologian, church leader, author. And he says this in his quite famous quote. He says, God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. God's design to pursue his own glory turns out to be love. And our duty to pursue God's glory turns out to be a quest for joy. So he's saying God, God has instructed us, God's made us to worship him. And some people's objections to that is that, well, why, why does God deserve our praise or our worship? Isn't that very egotistical of God? Isn't that very egocentric of God that he, he wants to be the center of everybody's attention? Well, John Piper is explaining to us here that actually worshiping God is actually for our benefit. It actually does us good. It actually completes our experience of joy and makes, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, if I, if I, I was looking at a plant outside and, and we were, Karen and I were, we were looking at it, it was some honeysuckle, I think, and we were enjoying it. It was like a beautiful smell and beautiful to look at. But actually, when we started to get, say, do you know what? God, thank you for making that. Thank you for making this incredible plant that looks so beautiful and smells so beautiful and is such a delightful thing. Actually, our joy increased when we began to enjoy the God who had made the plant. 
and our experience of being our sense of awe and wonder at the creator became even more uh, of a beautiful thing than just the joy and the wonder of enjoying the plant. And so we began to, and, and actually what began to open up even more, more um, for me personally was, as I was thinking about this was, oh my goodness, and I, I shared this earlier, I don't need to be anxious, I don't need to worry, because God's got it, he's got my life. If he can make this plant and it's so beautiful and so wonderful and so flourishing, then he can look after me as well. And so it changed my perspective. And so my thanksgiving and my worship, as it began to honor God and give thanks to him, began to fill my life with a joy and with a security and a peace and a contentment that brought more life to me and more confidence and more security than what I could get just from enjoying the plant, if that makes sense. And so we need to uh, ask ourselves, what is it that we're worshiping? And to put John Piper's quote in another way, when God is most glorified, you are most satisfied. So there's another way of thinking about it. When God is most glorified, you are most satisfied. Now, this time of lockdown, we've heard about it quite a lot, haven't we? We kind of live in this time. We've lost, haven't we, as a church and as Christians, maybe, the opportunity to worship together like we would normally do on a Sunday morning. Like when we, if we were meeting at Newton Rig in our building on Sunday this morning, we would have spent um, a good 45 minutes of our time together, singing songs together, praising God together, using those songs. And, uh, and we would, we've lost that. We've lost that opportunity. But we, we haven't. Here's the thing. We haven't actually stopped worshipping. Now you might think, well, no, of course we have. We have we've, not, we've not been singing songs together. No, we haven't. We haven't for a moment stopped worshipping. We are always worshipping. We, you know, we haven't stopped breathing, have we? None of us have stopped breathing. We're still alive and we're still worshipping. We're still drawing on nutrients that is coming into our souls. Now, we might have stopped singing songs together but we haven't stopped worshipping. And that's the most important takeaway, really, is that we, we are always worshipping. And the question is, what is it that we're worshipping? Now, I do think that God is using this time uh, where we're not actually able to gather in the way that we're used to gathering to, to address some stuff. There's a, there's a particular disease that can creep in to our Christian life, into our church culture that I wanted to address for a few moments. And, and actually, what we're going to do this morning is actually we're going to sing a song together. I don't know if you can see Zeke sat in front with this big black thing in front of his um, camera. It, that's a microphone. He's going to lead us in a song at the end of in a few minutes when I finish speaking. And we're going to uh, sing a song of praise to God together. Um, but I want to talk about how, how we approach that and what God is wanting to do with us during this time. Because you know what God is not wanting? The father isn't looking for good singers. He's not looking for um, even great songs. Jesus tells us in John chapter four, I think, is that God is the father is looking for worshippers. He's not looking for singers and good songs. He's looking for worshippers. Now, I want to make a point here and say uh, I really appreciate. I think we all really appreciate the gifts and the skills of our songwriters and, and our musicians. Um, we really do, don't we? We love a good worship song and we love our musicians in church that help us to use those songs well and to sing them and express worship worship in that way in some ways 
we're so blessed and i just want to say to zeke and the other musicians in our church thank you for the work you do thank you for being such a good servant to us such good servants to us you help us in our praise and our worship music is actually biblically a really valuable aid to worship god has given us the gift of music to help us express ourselves in praising god and connecting with him spiritually and emotionally so music in itself is not bad but there is a trap that we fall into sometimes and it's a disease that actually affects the roots the roots of our soul that those places where we draw our nourishment from um paul paul defines the substance of authentic praise and worship as giving honor and thanks to god we saw that in romans but what if when we gather on our sundays and we're singing those songs what if that isn't actually what is happening when we're singing what happens if we put some music on in the car and we're listening to some praise music we've got probably more recorded worship stuff in our accessible to us through you know spotify and youtube and itunes and all that sort of stuff we've got more access to amazing bands and we've, we've been listening to some of them today and and in on our sundays when we've done the youtube video We've been listening to this stuff. We've got access to some of the most amazing stuff, haven't we, today? We, we're not sure of good quality music, music in, our, in worship stuff content. But what happens if when we're listening to that stuff, we're not actually honoring God and giving thanks to him? What happens if we're not actually worshiping him? There's something that can subtly happen when we get involved in listening to this stuff. Ian, Ian last week, again, described, I think this is right, Ian, I think you described an idol as... A good gift that we elevate above the good giver. I think that's that's the way you described it. A good gift that we elevate above a good the good giver. Something that is created that we worship above the creator. That's what an idol is. And what happens if in our worship we have subtly in our hearts been enticed away from delighting in God Himself and actually delighting in the good gift that he's given us, namely the song and the music. Does that ever happen for you? Is it possible that sometimes that can happen? That um, you know, we we end up we we end up delighting in and finding the joy in the beautiful sunset that we can see from our house, and we don't give thanks to God and honor Him for it. We just enjoy the sunset. What happens if we have a relationship with somebody and we fall in love with somebody and we enjoy that person and we we love them and we delight in them. But it just becomes something of a selfish indulgence for us. And we don't actually recognize God's gift to us and give thanks to God and honor him for what he has given us. This so often can be what happens in our worship that we turn our enjoyment of the thing itself into our worship rather than the enjoyment of that thing becoming the means by which we say God thank you and we turn our worship to God and we turn our joy to him and our thanks to him and it can happen subconsciously it can happen unconsciously that we and that's not to say that we shouldn't enjoy the good things that God has given us God has created things to be enjoyed God's created things to to be a blessing to us but we have got to be careful in our hearts not to kind of just turn our thanksgiving to those things or our joy to those things and, and for us to cut God out 
of the equation and go, do you know what? All I need is this good stuff. I don't need God anymore because I've got this good stuff. And that can become then the idol for us. Karen recently, my wife, uh, I don't know what's going on in this, in this world with Karen. There's this phrase, everything that people are referring to Karen all the time on, and it's not my wife, Karen, it's, or the person with, it's become a thing in social media, I don't know what it is. Anyway, my actual wife, Karen, recently described worship to me as a dangerous entertainment. Worship in, uh, in uh, singing songs and praise to God is actually dangerous entertainment. And what can happen is in our singing of songs on a Sunday and in using songs in our worship along in the car and stuff like that is that we can sometimes subconsciously become consumers, i.e. focusing on what we get from our experience of that song, rather than actually it being a means by which we are giving praise and honour and thanks to God. Do you see the subtle difference there? That we can just say, oh, this song, oh, such a good song. I felt so this, that or the other. And it becomes about how, what that song does for me rather than actually what that song helps me to do in giving thanks and praise and honour to Father God. And there's a subtle shift that can happen in what our experience of. And that can happen not just in our experience of singing, but can, it can happen in our experience of all kind of aspects of church life, actually, that we become consumers rather than worshippers and the wor worshipping is when we give of ourselves to God give him praise give him honor give him thanks for, for his goodness and so um so when a song becomes the experience rather than the truth of God that the song is pointing us towards or or that becomes a good indicator for us that perhaps we've become consumers um maybe when we depend on the band to get us tuned in do we ever turn up to our time together on Sunday? Kind of, we're just kind of there. We just turn up. We've, we the kind of maybe it's a victory that we've made it together this morning. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like, oh, I've done well to actually be here um, today. Um, you know, in clothes and looking reasonably presentable, I've done it. I've made it. Um, and uh, and yet, um, when we just kind of get there, and we're just waiting for the band to kind of get us in the mood, to kind of get us stirred up, to kind of get us switched on. Um, to God um, and, and the danger is that we are using this worship uh, gift as a um, as, as a, a means for us rather than it being something for God and in, in Amos chapter 5 um, God, God reacts to the Israelites use of worship in a wrong way and he actually says to them I actually hate your songs they become empty words I'd rather you just shut up and didn't sing. <laughs> and um, and it, it's quite a strong thing that God says to his people when he says, you know, your songs have just become, um, you know, horrible, horrible noise to me because you're not, you're, your actions are actually speaking louder than your words. Your heart is not actually expressing what you're singing. Your heart is elsewhere. Your heart is turned to idols. You're actually, you know, you've made all this thing about you rather than about Father God. And um, and so I just want us to think about that as as we kind of are in this season of lockdown where we're not quite getting into singing in the way that we would normally want to do. I think God is allowing this time to treat, um, you know, what happens with plants sometimes when you overwater them is they get something called root rot. 
um, and they get so saturated by the water that it, it rots the roots. And, and I think what happens with us sometimes is we, we get so comfortable in our Christianity, so comfortable in the norms of our church life and culture that, that we just take it off. We become a bit lazy. We become a bit familiar with it. We, we just subtly just shift from being worshippers to consumers. And, and then what happens is the good stuff that we're in and the good stuff that we're able to enjoy, actually, we're not, it's not doing us any good anymore because it's become, we've, our, our roots have rotten. They've become self-serving rather than actually God honoring. And so um, I think as we, as we come during this time, I think God's just wanting to dig in beneath the surface. Richard uh, Wilson brought us a word last week um, about carrots and God digging into the soil of our lives to dig in and do some work underneath the surface. And God's doing a work around our roots, church. He's wanting to restore to us healthy roots, roots that are actually drawing on God's nourishment, drawing on the goodness of God for his sustenance in our life. And I've, to be honest, I've loved seeing the evidence of that. I've loved seeing some of the amazing stuff that's happening in our church. But, you know, as we felt like we've been denied stuff in our lives over the last few months, kind of the unsettledness and the discomfort of what's going on in our lives. What I've been seeing is our roots have been turning to God again. Our roots have been pressing into God again. Our hunger and our longing for him has been, been reawakened and requickened where it's needed to be. And we've become thirsty for God again. We've been desiring him more. We've been saying, God. I see. I've, I've been. I've been doing with. I've had to live without my sports. I've been having to live without being able to go to the pub. I've been having to live without being able to socialise with my friends. I've been having to live without even the enjoyment of a great sing on a Sunday morning. I've had to live without all of these different things. And I think it's stirring something within us, isn't it? It's it's quickening something within us that's saying, God, I see. I need you, and uh, you only you will satisfy. And it's awakening our souls to love Him, to worship Him to come before him again and so i love this i love what is happening at this time holy spirit i pray that you would uh, lord heal our hearts this morning and in these times lord where we have become lord in worship consumers of an experience rather than honoring you Lord, where we've, where we've made the song and the band and our experience of the music and a form of entertainment to us and an idol, Lord, we're sorry about that. Lord, where, where that has become more glorious to us, more valuable to us than you yourself, Father. Lord, we are sorry that we've replaced you with something created. so we, we we repent today and lord we want to change our heart may our hearts be changed holy spirit help us heal us turn our hearts again to you may we consciously undo what is subconsciously happening by lord keeping our eyes on you keeping our hearts to you and lord may the joy of your glory the joy of your wonder and your splendor and your majesty and your goodness, and your greatness, your holiness, Lord, be what satisfies us.
be what attracts us, be what draws us to worship, which draws us to you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would also speak to us this morning about any areas where our hearts are actually in in caught with other idols things that we go to that give us joy and we've forgotten to give thanks to you we've we've forgotten that lord it's you that's given us those things lord maybe those things have become sin to us because lord we've got hold of them in a way that is not right and those things have become entrapped entrapping us they've trapped us in something that is toxic that is actually killing us not giving us life Lord, we repent of that. Lord, we pray healing and freedom to come to anyone right now who is caught in, in, a, in an idol that is entrapping them, that's addicting them, that's enslaving them. Yeah, Father. I pray that this time will be a time of healing. So that our lives become nourished again with your goodness, nourished again with your life. And that we not only then become alive and well and healthy, but Lord, we will bear fruit that will be healing to others, that will bring life to others. So have your way with us, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.